Simple Life Together, Episode 61, Simple Living with Kids. Hi, and welcome back to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last episode of the show, we talked about splurging a bit when it comes to simplicity. And of course, we shared some of our splurges with you. Yes, we did. Now, on today's show, we're going to talk about living a simple life with kids. Now, we know not everyone who listens to this show has kids, but many probably do or will. And those of you who don't probably have nephews or nieces or friends with kids. So the good news is that even if you don't have kids yourself, you'll probably be able to apply a lot of this to other relationships in your life. But before we get into the main topic, we wanted to let you know that our book, The Simple Life Guide called Supermom vs. Supermom, Simplicity Tips for Busy Moms, is out. And it is available in the Amazon Kindle store for just $4.97. And it's just under 125 pages, and it's a simple life guide to getting organized, finding margin, and embracing simplicity just for moms. But honestly, it's got all stuff in there for everybody. It sure does. does. It really does. And we have a direct link to it on Amazon. So just go to simplelifetogether.com slash supermom and it'll take you right there. So now thanks to all of those who gave us some corrections, some updates and feedback before the book went live, especially listeners um, and Edit Forget It members like Diane and Kate. We really, really, really appreciate your help so much. Yeah, we couldn't have got the book out in time if it wasn't for them helping us out. I mean, no matter how many times you look over your stuff and try to edit, you know, you know what you said, so it's it's correct in your mind, but as you're reading it, you don't always catch those corrections, and so it was really, really nice to get their help. We can't thank you enough for that. Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you, a review of the book on Amazon.com would be really, really appreciated too. We've only had two reviews on Amazon so far, and we really need your help there. Amazon rankings are directly tied to reviews and downloads. So the more purchases and the more reviews, the more exposure the book gets and the more likely people are to find it. So please take some time and review that. Yeah. Now, um, I know that we shared the book for free on our Edit Forget It Facebook page. And so um, if you had a chance to read the book or take a glimpse of it, um, you can do a review. And as I understand, right, Dan, you can do the review without having to buy the book? Or Yeah, yeah. But and, we, and I'll talk about later, too. We're going to be giving the book away free for a ah, day. Okay. So I'll get to that in here just a little bit. All right. All right. Cool. All right. So on to the main topic. And as we said, we're going to be talking about living simply with kids. And that's probably one of the most asked questions that we get is, how do I simplify my life with kids? Well, first off, Simple life with kids doesn't have to be an oxymoron. Like simplifying the rest of your life, simplifying with kids will take some planning, some work, and some positive change, but it will be well worth it. Mm -hmm. And notice I didn't say well worth it in the end, because there really isn't an end when it comes to simplicity, and that's why we call it a journey. Absolutely. But we wanted to start out talking about simplicity issues at different stages of our kids' lives. Mm -hmm. But before we get into the different stages of our kids' lives and how that affects simplicity, there's something that needs to be addressed first. And it's something that I call, for lack of a better term, honestly, (laughs) the stuff cycle. And if you don't realize you operate in in a stuff cycle before you have kids, as soon as you're expecting kids, you'll realize it. And here's kind of how it goes. So it's a universal problem, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to cover some basic phases as I see it. And the first phase is the perceived need phase. And that's all the things that the advertisements tell you you need, 
all the things that you think you need and all the things everyone else thinks you need and they don't hesitate to tell you. That's right. the first phase of this getting stuff cycle. Perceived need phase. Okay. Right. Perceived mm-hmm. needs. The next phase of that is called the acquire phase. And that's you get the item. You either purchase it. Somebody gives it to you as a gift, or you rent it, or you borrow it, or you steal it. However you get it, you get it, right? Right. You acquire it. So you acquire. Okay, perceive so, and Perceive acquire. need, then acquire. And then the utilization phase. Now you actually have this stuff, and you start using things, and that's when you really figure out what you really need. Or not use it. Or, or not use, yeah, exactly. So you figure out whether you use it or not. Mm-hmm. And then once you've done that, you go into the replacement phase, that's where you fill those actual needs with things that actually work, all right? Right. And then hopefully you go into an edit phase where you take action to get the things that you don't need and don't use and they don't work, and you get them out of your life. Right, right. And then there's the refine phase, and this is continuous, right? So that's when you continuously evaluate acquire, replace, or upgrade as necessary and edit as required. And you keep going through this mm-hmm. phase. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... It's just endless, it seems like. Right, sometimes. And we could talk about this with our camper, right? Yeah. Yeah, we bought stuff for it that we didn't need. Yeah, and, you know, we started to go through the the edit phase, and we just sometimes, some of the things that we bought because of the perceived need, it was tough not to get down on ourselves. Like, we did not need to buy that. I cannot believe we bought that stuff. You know, and fortunately, it wasn't a whole lot of stuff, but... There was a couple of big ticket items that we just thought that we needed that. You yeah, know? And even at this stage of simplicity in our yeah. lives, we still made the mistakes. So I want to I wanna peel this thing back sometime mm-hmm. in a future episode, but this whole cycle. I and, think it'd be good. And I haven't completely refined it, but I think it's pretty universal with people. But I want to kind of peel that back. So I guess when you discuss it further, or we do, it's going to be about, okay, so how can we look at each one of those phases in the cycle and how to counter this right. this need to purchase and consume and all that good stuff, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I think so, it'd be a good one. I think so, too. Uh, again, if you haven't realized that you go through this phase, once you start getting baby stuff, you will. All right? <laughs> yeah. Because you'll buy stuff like we bought. And are you going to talk about some of the stuff that we got? I think I will. Okay, we well, the then, kid then, phases. I'll, then I'll just hang tight on that, okay? <laughs> so the bottom line on this is it's one of those uh, things where it's know thyself. Know how you how this cycle affects you and everybody else and how you can get inside that decision cycle like we talked about. Mm-hmm. All right. It's this thing, know thyself as a Delphic maxim. It's inscribed at the temple entrance to Apollo's Oracle almost 3,500 years ago. So know thyself is just as true today as it was then. <laughs> All right. We still have issues with it. So we'll peel this back in another episode and, and talk about it. So let's get into Knowing that you have this cycle, what are some of the simplicity issues that we see at different stages of our kids' lives? And babe, why don't you start out? Okay, so obviously, you know, we start out, the first phase is you've got babies. <laughs> Tiny little babies that are completely dependent on you, right? Can I, I'm sorry, can sure. I interrupt for a sec? Even before that, when you're expecting, oh, I, yeah. I, heard some, I heard a family talking today. We went to breakfast, right? Yeah. And I heard a, a, a family talking today about this is the baby's theme, the theme of the baby's room, you know, when the baby gets here. Right. And I got to wondering, when did that start? I have no idea. Right. But I know that when, <laughs> when my son was born, it was kind of themed. We didn't do one for sunshine. But it was just. Well, it was a color theme. Yeah. It kept a neutral color that could be boy or girl. Well, these people were talking that it was all, the whole theme of the baby's room is going to be sock monkeys. When did that start? 
You know, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just wanted to get that out because there is a pre-baby phase. <laughs> there is. There's, absolutely yeah, is. Yeah. There's the post-conception pre-birth phase of buying. That, <laughs> all right. So, but you, well, you start off with babies. All right. Well, you know, babies, they just require so much attention that that in itself can be kind of complicated. And so you start to acquire all this stuff, like that, the perceived stuff that you think that you need right. for, to care for these little little humans. And um, But the thing is, is that they grow so fast that it's impossible to use every toy or clothing item or supply that you, you get. And we were guilty of this too. This is well way before our simplicity journey. But you just tend to want to be prepared well at least we did over prepared and that yeah. was the thing is that it's good to be prepared and that really made the transition from the second we had our, our daughter to go ahead you know the nursery was already set up and all that good stuff it was great i mean travel bags were set up but we had too much so much that there was no way that we we're going to go through all those bottles no way that we we're going to go through all those burp claws well actually you do go through a lot but <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there is such thing as a washer and dryer which we have so when it gets dirty, you know, you clean. You wash it, yeah. And it was so amazing that even like the stuff that you acquire to travel with a child is insane. You have big baby bags, small baby bags. And you even mentioned nursery. I think that's that's uh, the Greek root word for that is where you stage your baby stuff while they live in your bedroom with you. <laughs> right? Isn't right. it? Right. That's about true. Yeah. Yeah. So all this stuff that you travel with. I'd go on a six-day trip to go see family, but I'd pack like over two weeks worth of clothing for this little tiny infant. And it was like, wait, they all have washer and dryers too. Yeah. What? I mean, it was just ridiculous. And I had just excess luggage and all that stuff. And so anyway, so it wasn't simple. Well, it wasn't simple at all. The funny, one of your most popular videos from back in the day was how to pack your luggage like a pro. And Zappos yeah. even linked to it on their yeah. site, right? It and was it, this big luggage It was luggage huge, piece, yeah. like casket-sized <laughs> luggage right <laughs> it wasn't quite that big but it was pretty big but i had like two layers you know so i had like the little girl stuff on top my stuff yeah, on the bottom and it was, all, it was all cubed out you know these little containers yeah. in there and it was great but we were on the road for two months but the reality was i did i really need all that stuff for right. her and us and it was just it was insane so so like we said that's the first stage is babies and there's uh obviously some simplicity issues there i mean yeah. things get complicated because you just had this idea that you need to have all this stuff to be prepared. And then we move on to toddlerhood, all right? So the thing about toddlers is that this is where they're taking their first steps towards independence. They're moving around, they're running around, they have no care for what mommy and daddy want them to do, right? So they're just doing their own thing. So just trying to stay ahead of them or just keeping up with them is a real challenge. But this is where I think when parents struggle, at least I know that we struggled with this or I struggled with this because I was a stay-at-home mom at the time and I felt compelled to get all these different gadgets and learning tools because I wanted to make sure that I was doing my part as a good stay-at-home mom and teaching her all these things so so when she went to preschool or kindergarten that she would be ahead or, you know, ready to go. (laughs) Right. But then, I mean, luckily... Baby Einstein. Yeah, baby Einstein. And And in the end, you just hope they don't eat as much paste as the other kids. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I think there's a struggle there because I do think that some of those tools are um, powerful and they are they do work well. But I tell you what, I think the key to the success of like our children is that we constantly talk to them and read to them and we sang to them just the basic, basic things. You don't need all these crazy tools that cost three, four hundred dollars 
just use what you have at home and you can do just some basic things with them. And so I know that was kind of a struggle for us, but luckily we didn't go, we didn't get carried away when right. it came to toddlerhood. Yeah. I was ready to get rid of stuff. I was like, whoo, way too many toys, get them out of here. So, and that's a, that's a subject that comes up on Edit and Forget It, um, the Facebook page a lot, is what do I do with baby clothes and all that. And well, you just know, so much stuff. Yeah. And, and I think the, the key there is that if you know for sure that you know, you're going to have more children or whatnot, but it's just limiting. You know, use the lessons that you learn through the other children. If you're going to kind of pass clothes down, realize, okay, how many do I real? How many of these items do I really need? Yeah. Because the fact is, is that they grow so so fast that it's impossible, especially when they're infants and toddlers, that they it's hard for them to even ruin clothes. Now, when they become school age kids, yeah. that's or a totally teenagers. different story. Forget about it. <laughs> that's when they make up for it. Yeah. So speaking of kids. So I'm talking school age um, here in the United States. It would be you know kindergarten through, and I'm going to consider that through junior high school, which can be eighth or ninth grade, depending on what area of the country you're in and whatnot. Right. So kids, this is where they start to understand commercials and get their first taste of consumerism, I think. Oh, yeah. And wanting more because they see the exposure on TV. They start to read. So they can read and understand. They can listen to commercials and they get all pumped up. But, you know, I need to have this really cool. What's the one that Sunshine wants? This little cup that she wants that has has a drink on the bottom. Yeah, drink and snack in the same cup. Yeah. Oh, I have to have that, Mommy. I'm like, no, that would have been cool when you were a toddler, but you're good now, honey. You don't need that stuff. (laughs) But it's things like that. And then, of course, at school, they see all the other cool kids, whatever cool kids are, um, with other items, you know, clothing and toys, and they're talking about, oh, I have this, I have that. And so, you know, Sunshine comes home and says, so-and-so has, you know, Hello Kitty or whatever. And I'm like, okay, and you have a couple of Hello Kitty things too. And But she's like, well, I think I should have this too. I'm like, no, you don't. You're good. So you get to have this, this conversation with yeah. them. And you got to tell that story about picture day. Oh, yeah. So this is crazy. Um, So it was school picture day. And, you know, I, honestly, Dan and I, we don't make a big fuss about school pictures, I mean, I don't want my kid looking crazy. <laughs> Get photos of her, but so you know, we'll at least brush her hair, right? Right. But um, we had a nice outfit picked out. For yeah, it's her. not. I mean, we're not living in the '30s when you'd have a photo taken and it was a big thing, and the flash powder went off, and that was the picture. Right. You know, we take them constantly. Constantly today. So you know, we just don't make a big deal about it. Anyway, what happened was I had an outfit set out for her, and she helped me pick it out, and she was all excited. It was pretty, but. It ended up getting really, really cold overnight. And the next morning, it was freezing temperatures. So I couldn't send her in this, this spring-type skirt and little you know shirt and stuff. So And I didn't have any tights uh, to make it warm, the outfit warm for her. So I didn't have anything that matched the outfit. So we had to kind of improvise. Improvise. And we ended up just getting, you know, having her go to school for pictures in a nice pair of jeans and a nice shirt. But she comes home, and actually a couple of days later, she says, you know, so-and-so said that I wasn't fancy enough. I was like, fancy enough for what? And she says, I wasn't fancy enough for school pictures. And I said, well, why do you think that is? And she says, well, because she had a big fancy skirt on. I was like, but Sunshine, you know you look beautiful no matter what. She's like, yeah, I was okay. I just said, oh, I'm okay. So I'm glad that we're building confidence in her, but it just goes to show you how. Because she made that burlap look good. She did. Right? She and did. the twine, the knot was in the back. You know? <laughs> she did. Yeah. <laughs> no. But it's just, it kills me what this, the expectations are. So parents, no doubt, probably go out and buy a special outfit just for that. 
just for picture day. And I get that if that's your thing, I can't rule out that that's, you know, that you shouldn't do that or whatever. I mean, if that's But you're talking thing, more about the pressure that comes from the their The pressure peers, that yeah. comes from it. And I just think it's kind of ridiculous, you know, and I just felt bad that my daughter had to be subject to, you're not fancy enough. Um, but, you know, she's going to, I just want her to build confidence no matter what people think that she can have a high self-esteem of herself. But back to the pictures, you know, like we said, it's I'd rather have an action shot of her camping with us. Or playing baseball. Than some pose shot in some fancy outfit that she doesn't wear day to day that doesn't represent her so honestly we don't even buy uh, school pictures and if we do it's only one yeah. and that's just our thing we just yeah. it's not a big deal to us so but that was a tangent <laughs> yeah no kidding my bad but, but no but it's true i mean those are the pressures that start the and like you said kids they start to uh become brand aware and mm-hmm. when the first time that hit me was a couple of years ago when when sunshine came up to me after i coughed and she says do you have cough due to cold <laughs> you know, it's like, that's straight off of a commercial, but it it's all the stuff that comes from a commercial. Right. So anyway. Oh man. So what's the next one? So next let's, phase? obviously the next step is teens, right? And once again, that's where the whole consumerism thing comes into play and with clothing and gadgets and, you know, they got to have the right cell phone and the right oh, yeah. shoes and, or all black or whatever, you know? The right video games and yeah. whatever, yep. And they also have lots of different time commitments. And uh, so simplicity with kids becomes, a, I think, can become very difficult in the teenage years. Mm-hmm. I know like with our son, we had a lot of commitments for scouts, for band. Right, so um, uniform equipments, equipment, music yeah. equipment, you know, yeah, all that gear for yeah. scouts. Mm-hmm. And again, as parents, uh, you mentioned this all the time, that as parents, it's now it's crunch time to pass on those life skills to hopefully, you know, make them, prepare them for an, a successful adult life. Right. And speaking of adults... You know, we said this was living simply with kids, but for a lot of adults, those kids don't go too far from the nest after they're 18, all right? (laughs) It's not like when I turned 18 and I got a new set of luggage, right? (laughs) So, um, you know, today you have to think about, well, what about your adult kids? Do you feel responsible or do you hang on to your grown kids' stuff Mm -hmm. as they start their adult life? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them go off to college or wherever. Um, or they, they move away or whatever they do. And as parents, you feel like you got to hang on to their stuff for them. Oh yeah. Some, some parents keep the kid's room exactly the way it was when they were 18. And, you know, again, not, not judging, but you have to decide for yourself what, you know, how you're going to deal with that with your adult. I think a lot of parents do feel obligated to, one, you want to help them, but they feel obligated to keep their stuff. And this is what we've talked about numerous times on the show. And, and even in the book, why are you holding on to this stuff? Are you going to be able to transfer 18 or two dozen boxes of keepsakes to your kids? They're not even going to be able to, I mean, they're going to be living in a dorm room. And, and then when they are on their own, they're going to probably want to get their own stuff. And, and so you got to just kind of decide, why are you really keeping something? And you kind of have to get over that obligation. Now, I know my parents did the same thing. And luckily, I didn't have a whole lot that my parents held on for me. But there was stuff I forgot that they had. Right. And when it takes time for them to downsize, they let go of some things that honestly I wanted to keep, some old dolls that my grandmother had like crocheted some dresses to and all that stuff that I would have loved to pass on the sunshine. But you know what? I didn't hold any grudge against my parents because I should have known, you know, yeah. I wish there was a little bit more open communication. I should have known, but they had to move on with their lives. Sure. And, um, and so, you know, just kind of think about that, you know, make sure you, you kind of open or really think, do I really need to keep this? And Yeah, my mom kept a bunch of my stuff. She kept stuff from all the kids. You know, there's seven kids in my family. She kept stuff 
from all of them until they were out there on their own and they were established. And she probably kept mine longer because I was gone. I was, you know, I was in the military. So, right, right. Um, I mean, some of that stuff I didn't get. Well, we've gotten within the last few years. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you know? right. And I guess so. the point here is that it can be complicated when you keep too much. But if you're a little bit more cognizant of what you keep and how much before you get to the point where they're off and now all of a sudden you have, you know, a huge storage area taken up with just your kids' stuff... Um, that's when it gets really complicated right. and simplicity is kind of out the window. But that's what we're going to talk about next. That was kind of how to kind of tackle that stuff or yeah. well, address and, these simplicity issues with kids. Right. And, you know, as uh, another thing that with adult kids is, you know, do they feel entitled to things beyond their income? You're going to try and help them learn those skills yes. beforehand. And what's their comfort level uh, or what's your comfort level for um, uh, or your threshold for monetary support? An adult child who's still monetarily dependent on you and you're in your retirement years, do you still keep the big house because they're there and so forth? There's just things to consider. And, you know, Dan Miller, who is a mentor of mine, and um, he tells this story often, and I'm not exactly sure where he got it, about how eagles, when they build the nest and they make the inside of the nest nice and nice and fluffy, they collect feathers, they collect soft things and whatever to the eggs hatch, the chicks are born, or whatever they call baby eagles, eaglets. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> but they're born, and they go through their stages of development and all that stuff. Well, slowly as these chicks get bigger and bigger, the mother will pull out all the soft things from the nest and toss those out into the wind, and eventually they're left with the bare sticks and so forth. So the eagles are, feel uncomfortable to leave the nest. I'm not saying poke your kids with sticks. What I'm saying is, but you have to prepare them. If you make things too soft for them for their whole life, it's too easy. They're not prepared to to go out into the world. I I tell you what, this is the thing that I try to think about whenever we just give something to our kids, like just easily give something to them. When we Uh don't make them work for it, when we don't do that, it's because it's going to be a lot harder for them to kind of they're going to have have this feeling of they expect to have something easy. And, and life isn't easy when you're right. on your own. There's a lot of lessons learned. And, you know, we all made it, and our kids will make it too, and they'll learn, they may have to learn the tough way. But it's a lot harder to kind of unbreak that when you when you allow so much because it's an easy button right now. Yes. When you allow, when you give so much to your kids because it's the easy button or you truly love them, and I get that you feel like that's how you're expressing your love to them, it could reverse itself on you later down the road yes. where and do damage to the kid it really could i i have a story about that that i'm going to read later on something that someone sent us oh yeah 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 okay, okay very good so, so listen in all right, all right. <laughs> hang in there all right okay so those are the simplicity struggles that we have for the different phases of kids as they're growing up right and even some adults <laughs> as they're growing up and dealing with their kids stuff um, I guess now what we're going to talk about is just some things that um, are some ways that you can keep things simpler when you're dealing with your children and just some different areas. Um, and a lot of it is stuff that we talk about in the book that we just wrote. So, right. um, so the first thing is like the obvious toys and gifts, right? That's like the number one issue that we hear when it comes to with parents and dealing with all the gifts and stuff. And how do we deal with this? And, and so you need to just really have a discussion with your family and even um, your extended family. Grandparents, uncles, aunts. Yeah, when they because yep. they tend to go overboard because in our society, uh, grandparents are supposed to spoil their grandbabies, right? It's almost like it's an excuse for them to buy stuff. It's, oh, I got to get from my grandbaby, you know? But the reality is, is that it's just going to become overwhelming to you. So if it is overwhelming to you and you really don't want your children to have that many toys or you just don't want that much to manage then you need to have a heart to heart and just kind of have a serious conversation. Right. Say, you know, we love that you get this stuff, but 
I'll let you know what I need. There's ways to handle it. And again, we talk about this stuff in the book, but the thing is, go ahead and have a conversation with the members of your immediate family and your extended family about when it comes to how many gifts that you really want in your life and in your children's lives. Another thing you can do when it comes to toys and gifts is really manage expectations, whether that's birthday parties or holidays. This is huge, huge, huge. And uh, like we try to manage expectations for both people that are giving the gifts and for our children too, who are receiving the gifts or even each other. Like Dan and I, we will manage our expectations. We just decide together, like we either want just one gift or no gift, you know, kind of the thing between us or with our kids. We manage their expectations by saying, by having a limit of how many gifts they'll probably will get. Or for family members or friends, we, you know, like for the last birthday party we had for Sunshine, we just said, please don't buy any gifts. Should we get plenty from us? We just want you to be there at the party. And that worked for about half the people, but at least that was half the gifts. We we weren't inundated. So managing expectations is a huge way to kind of limit and simplify the amount of gifts and toys that you allow in your home. Right. My big, I've never had a birthday party growing up. My big gift was, you know, I got to have the first piece of cake, you know, and that was, that was about it. And you know what? It was just relatives that were around. And of course you got some presents and all, but the special part was just having your family around. We, We didn't really have friends over for birthdays. We just never did that. Yeah. But that was huge for Sunshine. It was just mostly yeah. about having her friends there. And that just... But she knows she's not getting that every year. No. Yeah. And see, again, we manage the expectations. We're like, you know what? This is the one time we're doing it because we just made a big deal for this year, turning six for some reason. The, the real reason was I meant to do it last year when she turned five, but... Yeah, but <laughs> now she's in kindergarten and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. So, it, you yeah. know, it's just, again, it's just kind of managing expectations. Now, another strategy that you can use and things that we highly encourage always on the show here when it comes to having a simple life is establishing boundaries, especially when it comes to kids. You know, when we talked about the self-study. That was UCLA's, the Center for the Everyday Life of Families. Yeah, that was back in episode 14. And they studied like 32 families, middle income families and whatnot. And and what they found was that a lot of the homes become toy centric where there were toys in every single Every room room was the playroom. We can speculate why that is, and they probably had some reasons why. But it's like they were, you know, you're trying to replace quality time with toys and having them. So, you, you know, you're multitasking, whether it's in the kitchen, you go ahead and let the kids have toys in the kitchen. Maybe you're in the living room and having fun, but the kids are with the toys. So just establish some boundaries, certain places for toys. It's like in our home, we have a certain place for toys and a certain place for crafts. That's it. There's like two areas. That's it. We don't allow them into the other rooms. And the kids understand that and they respect that and it just actually just makes things very simple for everybody right. yep. <laughs> um, the other tip here when it comes to boundaries is don't buy more storage for more toys edit the old to make room for the new so create boundaries or a limit of how many toys your kids can have we have a cubby system in sunshine's room that's it if it gets too full, then it's time to edit. That is one of our boundaries, and that really, really helps. Or she wanted to do the claw game the other day, and what was the deal? Oh, so, oh, this was a good lesson learned. She says, Mommy, Mom, I want to play that little claw game. The little, It's not a video game, but it's a game where yeah. you eat the claw, grabs the stuffed animal, you know. So you spend 50 cents or a dollar for a grab. Right. <laughs> so she says, Mommy, Mom, can I please have 50 cents? I said, mm, I don't think so. That's just a waste of money. I promise I'll get rid of four stuffed animals if I can just have 50 cents. And I said, are you sure you want to make that deal? Are you sure you want to make that deal? Yes, please, mommy, please, mommy. So she runs over, puts the 50 cents in. She clicks the button right away. Doesn't even move the claw. Doesn't use the lever. (laughs) 
And it goes down into emptiness. <laughs> it goes down into the chute, the chute. Where, where it's supposed to drop the toy, right? And so I gave her a second chance. I gave her another 50 cents. So a dollar, because I'm thinking a dollar and letting go of a few items from her, you know, her toys bin. I'm like, I'm good. Well, she did. The, I told her not to do it. And I showed her exactly how to, again, so excited, push the button. I'm like, tough lesson to learn. There you but go. she's giving up for stuffed animals. Yeah, she's good with it. She's good with it. <laughs> okay, some other boundaries. Limit your screen time television or you know whether it's internet youtube movies just limit the screen time with your kids yeah that's a biggie that's a whole show in and of itself it really is you know maybe personal chores make sure you establish what is acceptable as far as clutter or who's responsible for well they got they have to to make sure things are simple you know with kids Mm -hmm. kids are making the mess they're helping make the mess they got to help clean it up absolutely so that's cleaning up after themselves they got to realize that hey nobody else is going to clean up after you after a certain point you know but um they have to learn to clean up after themselves but they also have to contribute to the family chores Mm -hmm. so that gives good team building and makes them feel like they're contributing and all that right absolutely so we've already talked about of course boundaries and then how to deal with toys and gifts dan why don't you talk about routines and rituals well, you know, um, you always say that routines and rituals help to simplify things. Mom's having a morning routine, and you talk about that big time in the book, all these different routines. Oh, yeah. And um, we want the kids to have um, feel comfortable, and having a routine really helps with that. Like we have um, a morning w- ritual around here, everything that happens around here in the morning. Yeah, and can I just say real quick that yeah. the routines and rituals aren't to make things so strict and uncomfortable but it's to really create comfort and right. known expectations. It may sound strict and maybe a little bit militant, but it's the exact opposite. I tell you, if we don't make it so strict and you know we're not mean at all. Oh, no, they're mostly everything. fun routines. Absolutely. So yeah. you've got a couple of fun routines, actually. Uh, our morning routine is always the same. I mean, I'm always up at zero dark 30 and I'm sitting in my sitting in my chair. All the lights are off except for you know my laptop. Mm-hmm. And when sunshine wakes up, she comes around the corner from the other side of the house and she's scraping her feet on the ground. And we have the same scuffling, thing, every, yeah. scuffling her feet. And I'm always like, is that a mouse? Is that a mouse? And then she pretends she's a little mouse. And then <laughs> she comes over, she sits on my lap and we have lap time. And, yeah. and that's how she wakes up in the morning. That's our routine. It doesn't make things simpler, but it makes it makes them comfortable. She knows yeah. what, what happens in the morning. So knowing all of these knowns line up, uh, when it comes time to, okay, it's time to brush your teeth, it's time to do this, that's just part of the routine. Right. So uh-huh. she goes through those knowns. You, you, you and I have a little routine in the morning. You come over after she does, and, oh. and I say good morning, and I usually grab your butt or whatever, right? <laughs> Every morning. He gets a little grab, and I just give him a little kiss. That's right. So I, it's a family show, I know, but that's that's the morning routine. And so then, then that plays into the after school routines. That, that right, because you're in charge of the mornings right. and I'm in charge of the af- after school. I'm in charge school. of butt grabbing. You are in charge of actually getting something accomplished around the house. Right? Yeah. yeah, so so yeah, we have an after school routine and that's just basically where, you know, the kids get their snacks, do their homework, do dinner, everybody cleans up after dinner and they all clean up right before bedtime. Right. So, and it's just the same thing. We have dinner at a certain time between, you know, certain hours of the, of the day and it just makes things simple and yep. there's a lot less griping. There's a lot, it does make things simple because everybody knows what to expect and what's expected of them. And when we, we mess that up, those, the daily routines, we mess that up. If we forget to take the, you know, the meat out of the freezer uh-huh. for what's for dinner that night, then we're kind of 
in a quandary at the end of the day. And we're all thrown off track. We're yeah. all fussy and it's just not fun. Yeah. So I'm telling but, you, it's good stuff. And you can apply all of these same fundamentals to holidays. You know, we reusing costume clothes, reusing your Easter baskets or whatever. We always edit before Christmas. Yeah, so those and before, are holiday routines. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, birthdays. Those are around holidays. And when we go camping, Sunshine has her responsibilities. We call her our fire team leader. And as mm-hmm. soon as we get into a campsite, she gets to run around and pick up little pieces of twigs and you know kindling for to get the fire started. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's her job. And and we also do training while we're, while we're out in the field. You <laughs> that's know, our routine because that's their military background. So she learns her hand and arm signals, and 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 our son <laughs> likes land navigation and things like that. We haven't done land navigation recently, but it's so funny. We we ran into uh, three. Uh, retired sergeant sergeant major the uh a couple of camping trips ago uh-huh. and sunshine knew all her hand and arm signals halt freeze enemy in sight <laughs> yeah, uh, uh yeah double time, double time yeah. rally point she knew all those <laughs> they were just they were impressed so she got lots of hua points yeah and then around the fire we have the routines too we tell stories yep. you know you try to perpetuate the s'mores myth because s'mores i've totally given up on s'mores yeah. it is so s'mores fake. are a myth s'more s'mores are a marketing routine it to is. sell chocolate and graham crapper graham crapper <laughs> excuse me and uh marshmallows. and marshmallows that's it right because i mean you only ever see a perfect s'more like on tv or pinterest yeah right they don't exist out. and i tried different options we tried you tried using the yeah. high irons it doesn't work we're simplifying s'mores a lot of I'm, all we do i don't need them anyway but well and I prefer to have the chocolate by itself and the the roasted marshmallows by themselves anyway. Yeah. Forget the graham crackers. So no kidding. so funny. It is a so, myth. <laughs> another thing is reading time. All those things that you want to do to develop to to develop your kids. Uh, with with uh, my son Matt, after scouts, we had a ritual. We would uh, he would always be late because he'd, he'd get out of band. I'd have to pick him up. We'd go directly to scouts. He'd get out of scouts and he's hungry. So we usually. Went through the Sonic drive-through, and and he used to get a big cherry lime made was his favorite. And so, uh, and then each one of the kids, we have our different handshakes and all that stuff. But each one of these little rituals, even the good and fun ones, play into the ones that are more educational or a chore, personal chore, or a family chore, and so Absolutely. forth. Absolutely, it just builds a sense of confidence and security. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So. And then we didn't really hit schoolwork yet, so why don't you hit some schoolwork stuff? Well, you know, I know that's a big deal, especially um, the. School age kids, the younger ones, they bring home so many papers and artwork and all that good stuff and just different supposed keepsake items. And I know I've talked about this before, but I really hit hard and I actually have a a detailed um, video on it um, that you can get a link to through the book, right? Yeah, and you have an appendix on this in the book, right? Right. And so it's just basically, you know, you need to just develop a routine of how to deal with your keepsakes and just a limit. So all the things that we just talked about as far as a routine and boundaries on what you're going to keep. I make a habit of every day going through my daughter's folder, getting rid of what I don't need, like homework and just little scrap pieces of work. They don't stick around. I enjoy them. I look at them. I ask you know, our daughter about it and what she learned, and we go through it, and we review it, and then it's gone. There's a daily routine. And then I have a weekly routine where the artwork that's displayed on the little refrigerator, the um, the kegerator fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a little refrigerator. It's where the beer keg goes. <laughs> so, um, which we haven't been using lately, but anyway, no. so... After a week or two, I say, okay, we just put up the new stuff and get rid of the old. And I'll usually take a picture if it's a really nice piece. And um, and then we'll save a couple. So that's it. So there are definitely ways that you can deal with the, the kids' keepsake. It comes down to creating a routine for that. But I think one of the most important things that you can do to really simplify your life um, with kids and living with kids is basically having constant communication with them. Right. Open communication. And to help reinforce ideas. This is 
Huge, huge, huge. So when I talk about things where when you want to instill values into your children, um, you need to just kind of talk with them about it. Talk about what's important in your life, what's important to your family. Like this, just this morning, I was having a conversation about giving. Um, Sunshine was reading the book, The Giving Tree. She brought that book great to, tree. yeah, oh, we went book. to the hardware store <laughs> yeah. and she was reading it and she says, see mom, that tree gave every, okay, this is a six-year-old, all right? She's reading about it, she said that tree gave everything to that boy that she loved and she was still happy because she gave so much. I said, well, that's why I like when we give because doesn't that feel good to give? She's, and she just gave me this big hug and she said, yes, mommy, I have a bunch of stuff I can give. And I don't know if that wore off. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be giving up four of them stuffed animals because of the claw, right, right? that's what. But the whole point is when you reinforce these ideas, they will internalize it. It's just as a parent, you have to be consistent about it. Um, and then try to instill, we always talk about this too, instill the idea to value experiences over things. We hit that all the time. All the time. And so we went camping last weekend and they had a cool gift shop. And of course, Sunshine wanted some stuff there. She wanted everything, all the toys there. But then... I said, but that's not why we're here. We're here to spend time with friends and family, right? That's And so I had to keep talking to her about that. And she was hurt. She couldn't get everything that she wanted. She was hurt, but she got over it quickly. You just have to, you know. It's and she tough. was out having a blast with her friend. Absolutely. So you do the tough love thing. And then, you know, so they might be upset with you for a little bit, but then they get over it, you know. Yeah. You know, they get upset. It's it's a proximity upset. <laughs> That's they're, right. They're, they're upset because they're in the store. They didn't know the store existed yeah. five minutes before. And, they, and they'll forget about it five minutes after. Right. Because they'll be out enjoying the experience. Absolutely. And then you just kind of go, see? But you don't tell it. You don't rub it in the face. Right. But like, see, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> well, another thing that you can do is really set the example. So things like picking up after yourself, limiting your TV and internet exposure. If you're going limit to yeah, limit the screen time of your children, you need to do that yourself. And play with your kids. Read to them. And give away and donate things. And bring your kids along and have them see you doing it. Get them involved in donating things. And taking it to these places or whatever. That's a good idea. I, I don't know that I've ever had Sunshine with me when I made a, a run. I have her with me quite a bit because I used to pick her up after work and oh, then yeah. I'd have a load of stuff from a client and then I'd say, okay, we're going to go donate. Look how much this client gave away. And and so she sees that. And, and the conversation is, do you know there are children out there that have no toys or maybe only have one or two toys and look how many you have? Wouldn't it be nice to give let them have some? Maybe we could share that with them, give it to them. And then she's like, and it just makes her feel good. So yep. so you can see, you just got to be kind of consistent with it. And then the last thing I have to mention here is stick to your guns on your rules, your boundaries, and your routines, okay? You've got to use them and hold everyone, including yourself, accountable. So, for example, you know, I had rules for where Sunshine could do crafts. Well, she decided to do crafts on her bed and got her bed all stained up and cut some of the bed sheet up and a little disappointed because she was told numerous times not to do that. So she couldn't do any crafts for a week. A week. And I stuck <laughs> to my guns. I wanted to give in, but I didn't. But you know what that did? It forces you to kind of have more fun with them in other areas yeah. too, you know? But uh, She was able to, to read and draw, right? Yep, she could read and draw. So, so anyway, whatever the rule or routine or whatever it is that you establish, stick to it and your boundaries stick to it because otherwise why, why even establish them if you're not going to stick to them yourself? So anyhow, so those are some techniques and things that you can do to help simplify or help make living with your kids a little bit more simple. Right. So the major takeaway here is this kids 
provide their own unique spin on simplicity, that's for sure. But just like us, it has a lot to do with how you establish norms in your home, how you manage those expectations, the example you set, the boundaries you establish, and how effective you are at using the laws of learning. And remember, uh, we talked about those, you talked about those in episode 13, mm-hmm. and we hit those pretty hard in the book too, the laws of learning. I define those really our definition of them and how we use them. And just like simplifying the rest of your life, simplifying with kids will take lots of planning, work, and positive change. But it will be well worth it for you and it will serve them well in their life as well. Right. And so how do you simplify life with your kids? And what tips or techniques do you use that could help the rest of us? We'd love to know. Be sure to leave a comment and share at simplelifetogether.com slash 061. So now time for the thing segment. Right. We're going to do a thing segment. Yeah. So my thing is um, attending the minimalist meetup at the Twig Bookstore in the Pearl Brewery District here in San Antonio. And I got to also meet up with a longtime Simple Life Together listener and an Edit and Forget It member, Robin. Who, She's awesome. She is awesome. She also came to uh, organize and energize when we were speaking there. Yes, and, and we met her before at another meetup. So she is, she's fabulous, and she's kind of doing her own thing. Hi, Robin. And, yes, hi, Robin. <laughs> and it was so nice uh, to see her. But what I really liked is that there was the main takeaway. The minimalists were talking about a lot of things that we talk about as simplicity seekers. Not necessarily minimalist, but kind of embracing a lot of the ideas of minimalism. And the biggest takeaway for me was that they have a take on what they allow into their lives. Basically, they don't keep anything that doesn't add value to their lives, which is a lot like our, do you use it? Do you need it? Do you love it? Little mantra or the questions that we ask when it comes to deciding what to keep or what to edit from our lives. And so, and the other thing was that they said minimalism looks different for everybody but it basically comes down to what adds value to your life. That's Those are the only things that are worth keeping. And so a lot of what we talk about here in the show. So that was my biggest takeaway. Good stuff. Well, mine is actually a tech tip, and I haven't had one of those in a long time. No. But, you know, I'm a Google Docs or Google Drive guy, right? And uh, they have a new add-on function in Google Docs that uh, provide additional functionality right inside Google Documents and spreadsheets. So if you're In Google Docs or Drive, in your Drive menu bar, you'll notice a new menu option titled Add-ons. If you click on that, and then another drop-down comes to, um, it'll say Get Add-ons. So just click on Get Add-ons and Explore. And with these different add-ons, you can do mail merge, you can do Avery labels, bibliographies, all sorts of stuff. You can do it right in your Google document or your Google spreadsheet. And it's free, and it's right there on your... um, in your Google Drive. And if you haven't had a chance to watch the Google Drive tutorial that I did, it's about an hour long. If you're not familiar with using uh, Google Drive or Google Docs, you can find that at simplelifetogether.com forward slash Google Drive. And uh, that's free, about an hour long, and that'll give you all the basics of uh, Google Drive. And then you can try these add-ons too. So up next, we have the cues and comments section where we get to answer or talk about what you write to us. And we have, this one's a bit of a long story, but it kind of alluded to it a little earlier. It is a fantastic, fantastic note that we got from a listener named Carrie. And he writes, Dan and Vanessa, I couldn't decide whether to write and tell you how much I appreciate your podcast or to share a little bit of my cluttered story. So I will do both. I am an Air Force officer having served for 13 years so far. And while I haven't moved around as much as you did in your careers, moving forced me to take stock of what I owned and what owned me. I grew up with a lot. My dad was a successful doctor and business owner. When I say we had a lot, that might be understating. Christmas morning was like walking into a Toys R Us. While I certainly appreciated the fact that I was lucky, 
I never took it for granted and shared a lot with my big family that didn't have as much. It wasn't until I joined the Air Force and got married that I began to consider how stuff made me feel. I realized that I had hoarding tendencies from my mother and a desire to simplify, probably from my dad. From the perspective of having moved away, I realized that my mom was a hoarder with means. That is, she could afford to keep everything. We had multiple vacation homes, and each one had a basement or attic packed full. In addition, she had three 20 by 40 storage units, all neatly organized, but full. My parents divorced around the time I finished college and joined the Air Force, and my mom continued to spend, collect, and store. As a few examples, we had every Department 56 Christmas Village, Halloween Village, Snow Baby, etc. ever made. She also framed everything. And you don't throw away framed things. So she now has, in storage, somewhere between 500 and 1,000 framed prints. The longer I was away from home, the more uncomfortable I was going home. While everything in my mother's home is nice and clean, it's everywhere. I realized she had a problem when I went home for my sister's funeral and actually couldn't set a drink down because every horizontal surface is covered. In the past few years, she has spent and collected herself into near bankruptcy, and I still can't get through to her. But I started my own journey of self-reflection and consideration. I began to realize that it felt good to divest myself of clutter. I am nowhere near where I hope to end up, but my awareness of stuff has been amazing. I was always a person who collected just because. I had 39 bottles of Marilyn Merlot wines because people kept buying them and I didn't know what to do with them. I had every knickknack from childhood stuffed into boxes all over. Most of this stuff and lots more is gone. But what I really wanted to do is share with others is that the family aspect can be really hard. My mom and lots of other family members attach so much meaning to stuff that it comes between relationships often. When she visits me and my family, she will load my kids up with toys from Goodwill. I have asked her not to do this and specifically told her that it makes me stressed and unhappy. But the message isn't received. When she finds out that I get rid of a lot of the things she buys, she is upset. In my mind, that means stuff is affecting our relationship. As for my life, I am inspired by what you guys do and say. I connected with Dan's story for a few reasons. I am very techie and a Mac guy to boot. I am also into home improvement and woodworking. While you guys have your teardrop, I grew up flying hot air balloons, fourth generation pilot. So I own a balloon, and that certainly comes with a lot of stuff. But I do my best to keep things simple. I drive a pickup because the balloon fits in the back, but that means I don't have to own a separate vehicle. Ballooning is my passion, and I really enjoy doing it with my family. But if it ever started detracting from my life, I would give it up. So I have a long way to go, but I'm enjoying it. My wife is naturally not a clutterer, but she isn't sold on my journey. I choose to share the important lessons that make my life better. Maybe they will sink in. I learned a long time ago that I can't force her to do anything she isn't ready for. Thanks for what you do. I believe it works. Well, just to clarify, he said she isn't sold on it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that she's not sold on it at all. Just not quite there yet. But what an amazing isn't that, story. To yeah. where it almost brings you to tears because it's just you can just feel the struggle that he has had to deal with and the struggles with his relationship with his family and his mother. That is that is tough no matter who you are. And I didn't even realize it until we started uh, talking about it during the show, during this recording how much of the different aspects of simplicity with kids that this falls into, mm-hmm. both as a kid, um, you know, of, of his mom and dad, and then as, as an adult dealing with them, and then how he's had to affect his family. It's just amazing. And it goes to show also that we, we deal with a lot of people who, this is intentional simplicity. Not everybody chooses a simple life because 
they can't afford a non-simple life, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it really knows no boundaries of, of money. This can happen to anybody at any stage of their life. Yeah. As a matter of fact, a lot of the folks that we know are very affluent, but they buy so much stuff trying to buy happiness. And honestly, the I find that the more the more that people have, the more they want, the more they feel they need. And it just, it's yeah. like life gets out in front of them. It's like they can, they can't ever get, you know, they're always outrunning their headlights, you know? I was say, you can never keep up with the Joneses yeah. ever because it's just this endless cycle. This yeah. Endless, I guess, striving for more yeah. and more, more. Just, ugh. But Carrie, thanks so much for sharing your story. That's got to be hard to share. And, um, but I guarantee that we're going to hear from some folks that tell us how much your story affected them. Yeah, absolutely. So we really appreciate that. Okay, on to announcements. First, we have some iTunes reviews. So thanks to... I think it's Chow Dog. Chow Dog, Turtle Truth, and Robin VB1 for the great iTunes reviews. We really, really appreciate it. And, and thanks to Cheryl and Diane for their reviews of Supermom versus Supermom on Amazon. Folks, we need some help over there on Amazon reviewing the book. So again, just go to simplelifetogether.com slash Supermom to do a review for the book. And as a special incentive, the book is going to be available for free all day long on Friday, the 21st of March, 2014, from midnight Pacific Standard Time to midnight Pacific Standard Time. So all day long, Friday, the 21st of March. That's this coming Friday if you're listening to this show as soon as it's released on Mark Monday. calendars. Good day. Yeah, because no, after that, it's done. So Amazon let us do the free day. So uh, it's yours. Please download it, read it, and review it. It would be awesome. And remember, if you have questions or comments, you can find all our contact info at simplelifetogether.com slash Vanessa or simplelifetogether.com slash Dan. Okay, so that's it for episode 61 of Simple Life Together. Remember, simplifying your life with kids does provide some unique challenges, but that means you have unique opportunities too. You'll find the effort is well spent, and it also passes along some great life skills as well. We hope you decide to pick up a copy of Supermom vs. Supermom, Simplicity Tips for Busy Moms. It's a simple life guide to getting organized, finding margin, and embracing simplicity for moms. It's $4.97 on Amazon, and you can pick it up for free on Friday, the 21st of March, from midnight Pacific Standard Time to midnight Pacific Standard Time. So just go to simplelifetogether.com slash supermom to get your copy today. As usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 061. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. Simple life together.